Welcome to the edge of your one and only, the lion, as in me, Micah Parsons, linebacker, defensive end, or Mr. Everywhere, as some people say, the hungry lion. Well, we're coming to you live every Monday, and we're going to talk about, you know, the hottest takes. Now, obviously, there's nothing more hot right now than our big win over the Giants. Now, some of you may say the Giants are bad. The Giants are not good. And, you know, obviously hating Dallas Cowboys takes, but this is a playoff team. This is a team that knocked off your number two seed Vikings, a team that added speed, deft, uh, number one receiver. I mean, number one tight end, Darren Waller. You still bring back your franchise running back, Saquon Barkley, and you signed your franchise quarterback, Daniel Jones, this offseason. So big moves by the Giants. So some people may say, is the Cowboys the real deal or the Giants is bad? Well, I look at a playoff team that added a lot of weapons, you know. So how can that team be bad? You know, that that just makes no sense to me. I just think people just want to take away the dominance. Like if a boxer goes into the ring and he dominates a fighter, do we make excuses? Oh, the fighter wasn't ready? Or the poor person is just more prepared, more ready and out execute as the other fighter. Three biggest takeaways from the night. Obviously the turnovers and our D line was going to get after. We said this offseason that we're going to be the most defensive team in the NFL, the most dominant defensive team in the NFL and be the number one defense. That's where we set the standard from all 22 to 26 guys in our defensive room. And now we take that personally. I think last year when we came off that field in the Bay, we just felt that hurt, that urge to really show people why we're the best. A lot of people talked about us, but I think if we take away their threes and they just don't score, we win that football game. And uh, we let it show and pour out on that field Sunday night. Number two takeaway, we have a chance to have the most dominant defensive line I think the league has seen in a long time. I know, I know, I know. But if we learn to keep gelling, keep getting better week in, week in out, oh, man, oh, man, Cowboys Nation, you bears better buckle up and get ready because this is going to the Super Bowl. And number three, Daniel Jones is not a bad quarterback. I know, I know, I know. Some of you may think that he is a bad quarterback and why resign him. You got to remember, Daniel Jones just went against top three defensive uh, teams in the league. Um, they're still learning to gel together. They're still he he's still learning how to be the guy. It's only his second year with Brian DeBow, so he gets grace. I think I don't think I think nowadays we don't give the same grace as we do with guys like. Peyton Manning when they came into the league. You know, we don't give guys that he'll, he'll eventually get it. Eli Manning, we don't give them the same grace as we do guys like Daniel Jones, who may click a little bit later. Everyone doesn't click at the same time. Kurt Warner, you know, a guy who clicked way later in his career. We don't give them the same grace. And those guys all turn out to be Hall of Famers. So it's so easy to say, oh, this guy's bad in the moment. Because that's just what us people do. 
us as fans who love football and the guy that we're rooting for isn't doing well. We're like, oh, he's just bad. But the reality is he is a really good player. He's in the National Football League. He was a first-round pick. He's just a guy that's going to take a little bit to transition. But let's cue in on some top plays that came in the game. And we're going to look at this double team that I created for my guy Osa to get a sack and talk about the presence of being out of the field, the mindset it takes to keep going no matter what's in front of you and uh, just being dominant as you can be, letting your heart pour out for the nation. As you can see, I'm coming off, I'm ripping. Thomas is helping the guard. The guard knows he can't touch me one-on-one. He just he just can't. It's just like, ugh. And it leads for my guy Osa to come up and under. It's just so easy, so clean, something we rep so much, ripping up field, fighting fighting a tackle, fighting back to the quarterback. And uh, it was a great natural rush. And to be honest with you, I wasn't even supposed to do that that play. I had something with D-Law, but I wanted my guy Osa to eat a little bit more, I guess. And, you know, they say the rivalry, the rivalry. Giants-Cowboys will forever be a rivalry, even though it has been a landslide with Dak 11 straight wins. Don't let that go unnoticed. It's just, it's just something to write when you got both got them blues on the field and you buckle up on Sunday night four. It's just nothing like it. And you know, this rival goes way back, way back, way back. It'll always be a division rival. Everyone tends to, you know, everyone tends to just jump out of source when things don't go right. You know what I'm saying? So let's not say this isn't a rivalry. This will always be a rivalry because the moment that they start streaking, then they'll say, oh, the Cowboys are down bad. This is a rivalry. This is always going to be back and forth. So I always like to just keep it plain and neutral. It's always going to be a rivalry. And when they come see us in November, they're going to play their hearts out again. It's going to be some revenge on their minds. And it's something that we can't go, we can't sleep on. This this game was significant, a statement that we're trying to make to be Super Bowl champs. And we're going to, March our one step up the mountain, but in terms of where we're trying to go, but we cannot let this game get to our head. We got Aaron Rodgers next week, and my mind is already starting to click for him. I'm seeing Aaron Rodgers in my head. I'm, I'm twirling. I'm going crazy right now. I'm just, my mind's going a little loose right now, guys. Be careful with me. Um, As an offense, I think I can challenge the Cowboys' defense. I offense, I can challenge the Cowboys' defense. Um, to be honest with you, I saw the 49ers. The 49ers-Steelers game, um, and it's going to bring me to my next point. The 49ers looked extremely good. Christian McCaffrey, Brandon Ayuk looked like he's about to make a huge jump. Um, obviously, this is his contract year. Um, they look special, man. I think Purdy looked really, really good. Christian looked as good as he always do. And uh, I always think that's just a good matchup. Every time we go against the 49ers, it's just head-to-head, hardcore, physical matchup. And it's always it's always a fun one. And, you know, obviously, if you guys saw the Miami and the Chargers game, the My- we're going to play Miami this year. Obviously, when you got the two fastest receivers in the league, it's always going to bring problems. You know, speed does matter in this league. We're going against Josh Allen. It's going to be fun watching the Bills versus Jets tonight. Um, it's going to be set. It's going to be a test knowing that we played them near Christmas time. But I, those are some teams that I think 
can potentially push us to the limit. And I'm not discrediting it because we played it just next week. Uh, I didn't get a really good chance to see them, so I might recant this statement. But uh, it's going to be a fun matchup to see what happens tonight, you know. And uh, this offseason, I did a lot of work to get where I am right now. Uh, I hope a lot of people saw the work that I was trying to put in, put in the work with guys like Andrew Whitworth, uh, put a guy work with my guy Lance Dean, um, you know, my guy Tony Mack with boxing and, you know, trying to really be prepared to go to deep waters to take this team to another level and challenge the guys around me. Because um, some leaders, I wouldn't say I'm a vocal leader. I just believe that some people lead by how they play, how they act, decisions, behaviors, choices, and actions. Um, not just about the words that they speak. So for me, I wanted to come in the most fantastic shape. I wanted to push my teammates to the limit. I wanted to show them that the line is here and I'm not here to play games. I'm here to hunt. I'm here to kill. I'm here to win championships. And, uh, you know, I just adapted that mindset. Like, hey, come on now. Let's get it. Before we go around the league, I want to Make sure some players get the love that they deserve. Aaron Jones, my brother. Oh, my God. You said Jordan and Jordan Love? I mean, there was a lot of preseason hype about the Chicago Bears. And I'm still riding with the Chicago Bears. I think Justin Fields and DJ Moore getting each other was extremely important. Extremely important. I think they will develop to keep learning and keep growing. But, man, oh, man, that. Aaron Jones coming to play, and Jordan Love. Oh, my gosh. Like, oh, my gosh. Aaron Jones, three touchdowns? Are we for real? Like, man, oh, man. And something that no one realized in that game, and besides uh, T.J. Watt in uh, the 49ers and the Steelers game, T.J. Watt had three sacks. But a guy that no one's talking about is Drake Jackson. He had three sacks. Why isn't no one talking about Drake Jackson? Uh, we talking about pass rushes. It's always good to talk about me and all the other prolific guys, Max Crosby. But guys, don't let these guys get, you know, because it goes back to last year, Alex Highsmith. Alex Highsmith had 15 sacks, I think, and no one talked about him. He was he held it down while T.J. Watt was out for injury, and he dominated. He got extended, but no one talks about Alex Highsmith. I thought he had a great year, and he was a dominant pass rusher last year. So don't let these guys that um, – you know, get thrown under that sunlight because he's surrounded guys like Nick Bosa and Fred Warner and guys like that because they're loaded with such a great team. I think he's a person I'm going to have to look out for. Uh, I'm going to obviously give a big shout out to the Cowboys defense line. Man, I love my brothers. We did what we supposed to do. And then Tua, man, Tua. Oh, man, you got us a little shook around here in Cowboys country. The way you look, brother. Uh, that bounce back of yours is looking tremendous. Keep proving the people wrong. I love a fight story. I love people who never give up. You ain't giving up, man. And it showed. All these critics said this, that, and the other, and you just you just shoved it down their throat, man. Congratulations. Hell of a game. I believe we had a clip of Tua acting surprised when he had 466 yards. Like, he didn't even believe how good of a game he had. And I, I always think those are the best games because that means you just so locked in. Through the air for you today, three touchdowns. Tyreek Hill, 466 yards for you today. Unbelievable day. Yeah. 
466 through the air for you today. Right. Three touchdowns. Tyreek Hill, 466 yards. Come on, brother. You just won the first game of the season. Man, a statement to the league. And guess what? We are woke. We see what you're capable of. We are not. We are not underestimating you, brother. No more. No more. Um, and my edge player of the week, man. This is hard, but you know, TJ Watt obviously and Drake Jackson had great games. TJ Watt had a terrific game, like you know, amazing game. Uh, Trayvon Diggs had two forced fumbles. He was calling me all day about it. Hurt my feelings, you know. We got our usual Ben. Obviously, he outplayed the Lion last week, so we got to go out there and hunt next week. But uh, you know, we got to give it to TJ Watt, man. Two forced fumbles, three sacks, terrific game. Kept fighting. Even though they were getting, uh, I would say, you know, I don't think no one expected that type of game. Especially how, you know, Kenny Pickett and them looked on preseason. They look clean. They look good. I don't think no one expected a landslide win like that. But uh, he kept going. And I thought, you know, he was just uh, a terrific player last week. But what came to burn with that was Pat Pete tells the offense that Purdy has tells. And then Purdy goes and throws two TDs on Pat. You know, it, it, it kind of reminds me of what Jamar Chase with the elves. You know, sometimes as competitors, we think we know something. We we tend to jump out the boots, jump on something. And sometimes it, it just turns to bite us. You know, you, that's the thing about competition. You never know how things are going to work. You never know. It's the irony of the game. Uh, football has its own karma. And it's called that good old, good old A butt kicking on the field, and that's what happened to both of them teams who said that. And I just don't think that we should sleep on Brock Purdy no more. Yes, he was a seventh-round pick. Yes, he came in late in the season and won six straight games, took him to the NFC Championship before his injury. But Purdy, you will not be slept on no more, brother. I think people are coming for you the same way they come for Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes, Yes, you were surrounded by a great team, but you were playing your butt off. And uh, you got one hell of a story, brother. Um, if we were to rank Purdy right now, I would put Purdy around. I think Purdy's a top 15 quarterback. There's things that we still want to see from Purdy. Not when Purdy's winning, but when Purdy's down. You know, I think the adversity aspect of the football game is huge. Learning how to play from behind. Learning situational football. Um, it's not something I'm saying he can't do. It's just something that we just haven't seen yet. And you know, um, and then if we still talking about the 49ers, you know, obviously, congratulations to Nick Bosa on that huge mega million dollar contract. Way to set a statement for what DPOY should get, man. Couldn't be more excited for Nick Bosa. And I keep telling people, it's not about the contract. It's about what he did last year, what he accomplished. Um, and that's the significance. He went out there and showed he was the best defensive player, and he got paid as the best defensive player, and we couldn't be more happy for Nick Bosa. And I, I, and I see a lot of people are saying, what does this mean for me? I am not Nick Bosa. I am not Nick Bosa's shoes. I got to go out there and earn my own right to say I'm the best defensive player in the league. Um, and some may say I am, but the humility in me and the fact is I have not won a defensive player of the year yet. I have not been named – the top defensive player in the league yet by my peers. So it's something that I'm going to have to go earn. Yes, I am talented. I am hungry enough to go get it. But the fact is, I got to go get it myself. So 
Therefore, this means nothing, Nick Bosa's contract. I got to go out there and earn that right and hopefully follow suit one day to be on Nick Bosa's level and reach that 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 tier that he has reached. And, you know, after seeing the 49ers and the NFC, I think my top two threats are in the NFC are the 49ers, the Philadelphia Eagles, and the Dallas Cowboys. That's the top three threats in the NFC. Dallas Cowboys is number one threat, okay? And then I'm going to have to go with the 49ers. They're the NFC champions, okay? They were the NFC championship. If, it's a big if. We don't know what would have happened if Brock Purdy or the backup quarterback got hurt. We we truly don't know what would have happened, okay? Um, because the 49ers started off, I mean, the Eagles started off so hot. So it's hard to just say that it just was based off of Brock. I, a part of me don't believe, because the, the, also the Eagles, the 49ers struggled to get stops, okay? But I don't think that, you know, it would have caused too much of a difference, man. The Eagles were too talented last year, too strong. And, I mean, they're elite. But that 49ers team got the same team back. I, I believe the chemistry is out the roof. They added Javon Hargrave, you know, a big interior rusher with Nick Bosa, Eric Armstead, and that guy that everyone's sleeping on right now, Drake Jackson. Um, it's just something that, you know, we have to consider them. And the way that they – you know, scored on the top-tier Steelers defense. I think the Steelers are known for their defense and what they do, and uh, Coach Tomlin. Um, they they diced them up, and uh, they they played a terrific game. So we can't let that go unnoticed, okay? And then the Philadelphia Eagles, obviously, them bringing back James Bradbury, big sleigh. They went and got Jalen Carter. They still got Fletcher Cox. They still got Hassan Reddy. They still have... Uh, Josh Sweat and uh, Jordan Davis. I mean, you could go on and on. Nolan Smith. I mean, that defense is loaded, obviously, with the premier offensive line. They got what? Lane Johnson, and they got, you know, A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith, who could both be number one receivers on any team. And, you know, obviously, another highly new, rich guy, Jalen Hurts, who just got paid, and you make him out to be a top 10 quarterback. I mean, these, these teams are just loaded uh, with talent. I think the sky's the limit for every team. You know, we all play each other this year. So it's going to be extremely exciting to see. Um, I think every every game this year is going to be a battle. It's going to be a battle. You know, it's going to be a testing. It's going to be – it's going to come down to the wire, and it's going to be a super exciting to watch. But those those are the top three teams. I don't think you could put any other team uh, close to it. The Vikings lost to the Bucks. The football team should have dominated the Cardinals without Kyler Murray. Um, I thought that game was way too close uh, for what they said they could be and where they're at. I, I, I thought that could be a way better game, a way cleaner game. Uh, but, you know, those are just my takes. You know, it, it, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. We still got to go out there and execute. But those are right now the top three teams in the NFC. Okay. And, you know, speaking of big money, did y'all watch Joe Burrow and the Bengals lose to the Browns 24-3? Okay. All right. So let's talk about this. Everyone is throwing shade on Joe Burrow. Um, they're saying, well, you know, they like to count his money. He just signed a huge contract. Once again, Joe Burrow, you know you're my guy. Congratulations. Way to get paid, brother. Um, you deserve everything in the world. Um, and we're not going to sit here and take that away from him. Listen, everyone has his days. It's the National Football League. I keep telling you, it's the best league in the world, okay? Like, 
some days people are going to out execute you. You know, there was rain, there was, but there's no excuses. At the end of the day, he had a job to do and it was to go out there and be the best. And that day he wasn't his best. There's no excuse for that. But are we going to say is Joe Burrow back or is Cleveland the real deal? Um, I think Cleveland has always been loaded with talent. Always. But now that you add Deshaun Watson in the roster, now do we say Cleveland's a legitimate team? Um, you make Cleveland a clean team with the talent they already have. I mean, now we're seeing the skies the limit. I mean, with those young corners, Denzel Ward, Greg Newsome, uh, the young rookie from last year, uh, what's his name? Uh, Martin, some, uh, we forget, but, you know, they, they're DB, and then you still got Grant Delpit. I mean, their DB core is loaded, and you got – uh, Awuzie and uh, man, bro, their 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 linebacker core, their front seven, obviously with Miles Garrett, uh, Martin Emerson, that's the DB, Martin Emerson, and then you got their young, you got their front, Miles Garrett. They added Darius Smith. I mean, can we be for real, guys? Cleveland might be the real deal. We can sit here and act like Cleveland is not serious, bro. Like Cleveland has a chance to be a really really good team. People are saying they look at where they were before. You know, before I got to the Cowboys, we were a top 10 draft pick team. And now we've had, last last two years, we've been a 12-1 team. So you can't look at a team about their history. You can only look at a team about where they're at now and where they can be and what's their potential. And I think Cleveland has the potential to be a playoff team. They can have a chance to go make a deep run if they continue to stay disciplined, continue to stay dominant. And obviously their new defensive coordinator had a hell of a game to slow down Joe Burrow. And obviously, I would say the three-headed dragon with Jamar Chase, Tyler Boyd, and T. Higgins. I mean, that's what you can call it, the three-headed dragon, because he has, obviously, if not the best receiving corps in the National Football League, guys. And that's just the truth about it. So Cleveland is the real deal. When the Bengals pull Joe Burrow in the fourth quarter, is that benching? No, it is not benching, okay? You got your franchise quarterback who just got paid who came off a calf injury in camp, so barely really got to work with his guys. The chemistry and timing could be off. So, guys, be realistic. Is is Joe Burrow bad? No, he's just had a bad day off night. He wasn't able to build that relationship back with his guys. And, uh, you know, it, it tended to cost him. It's not benching. It's called protecting your guy. You know, something I thought the Giants should have done. I don't think Jay Jones should have been in that game in the fourth quarter. I thought they should have protected him and pulled him out. And barring injury, their season would be over without Daniel Jones. The Bengals did the smart decision by pulling Joe Burrow, saying, hey, we, we, we're going to submit. We're going to take our loss, and we're going to move on the next week and get better. That's the best thing you can do. I do not agree with Daniel Jones staying out there into that last drive. That was I thought that was wrong. I thought it was deceiving. That's your franchise quarterback, and he's out there with the backup offensive line still getting sacked and hit. I, I just didn't understand. Maybe it was a, you know, proven moment by the Giants. I have no idea. A learning lesson. Who knows? But I thought Daniel Jones should have got pulled out. So it technically is not benching. My teams that are overhyped right now, in my opinion, are. It's hard to say teams are overhyped, obviously, with the injuries um, going around across the league. Um, people would say the Giants were overhyped. They thought the Giants would be super good. And I think the Giants still are a good team. I just think – I don't really think there's a lot of teams that's overhyped. It's about what players are the best 
and who's going to outplay. You know, at the end of the day, I think that's what it's about. I, I might just continue to say the NFL is the best league in the world. And if you got the best players in the world, you're going to have a better outcome in the game. You got your your players is going to dictate the game. I mean, just just look at what Tyreek Hill was able to do over 200 yards. Like, are we serious? Like for game, I he's cold blooded. I mean, like, are we going to say Tyreek Hill is not a top three player? You put Tyreek Hill on any team in the National Football League, your your team changes. I mean, we just have to be serious about these moments about who's on what team and and has access to who. This is about who's getting the ball. Obviously, he's proving it doesn't matter who's throwing him the ball, whether it's Tua or the best quarterback in the National Football League, Patrick Mahomes. Tyreek Hill is Tyreek Hill. It doesn't matter, you know. And, and that just goes. That just grows across. And uh, and, and and it turns out to bite them when they go down to Detroit. And, and you know they lose down to Detroit. They lose to Detroit and Arrowhead at home. And they also didn't have their best defensive tackle, Chris Jones. And you think about that. You think about Chris Jones. If Chris Jones is in that game, do you think Chris Jones? Changes that game. Absolutely. There's no way Chris Jones doesn't make an impact play or make uh, an advantage in that game where it puts in the Chiefs' favor. And y'all say, well, why was Chris Jones at the game? Chris Jones loves his team. Those are his brothers. People have so much to say about, oh, he wants more buddies. He gets paid. We can't count Chris Jones' pockets. Chris Jones is Chris Jones. No one can be Chris Jones, Okay. Chris Jones deserves whatever he could get. Another man's money is not no one else's business, okay? We should never get to anyone's business. You know, the holdout, that's that's on his decisions and his financials. We know Chris Jones is, if not one of the top three, if not the best defensive tackle in the league right now, competing with Aaron Donald, uh, Jeffrey Simmons, um, Grady J. Anybody you want to put in your top three, he's up there, and uh, he's for sure locked into that top three. There, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. He's defense out. He had over 15 sacks last year. And he's looking to get more money. What do I say? Chiefs should pay him. You know, if Dallas Cowboys had a chance to pay Chris Jones, we better pay Chris Jones. You know, he's just that good. He's that type of talent. I think we should talk about some of these rookies right now. I think, you know, it's interesting to see the rookie class uh, turn out to who they are going to be. Um but the guy that stands out, and I think the guy that everyone's talking about, is Bijan Robinson. I think Bijan has a chance to be obviously offers a rookie of the year. People can ask me, "Are you surprised?" No, I'm not surprised at all. Bijan showed this in college. I'm not surprised at all. Bijan is that guy. He will forever be that guy. I think they need to find ways for Bijan to get more carries, more love. I think that they also need to find ways for Kyle Pitts to get more love. I mean, just look at it. So, Falcons has to do better with them. But I think Bijan is going to be that guy. I'm excited to see what he does the rest of the year. I think the sky's the limit for Bijan. He's just showing a glimpse of what he can do, and we are excited about it. Bijan, keep going, brother. Keep going. Everybody's talking about Tom Brady returning to Gillette Stadium this weekend. Uh, he was back in his Patriots jersey. But just so you guys know, Tom, Tom Brady owns me a jersey, okay? I feel like the GOAT. They go. The GOAT. The GOAT of football. The best quarterback of all time 
always be a jersey. I sack Tom Brady. It's Lennox time on the field uh, to send him home. And uh, it's just something. And we, you know, obviously y'all saw us hang out in the offseason. You know, Tom is cool, you know, and all that. And he told me I was going to get a jersey. I told him, yo, where's my jersey? Like, I'm looking for my jersey now. Don't just tell me I'm going to get a jersey and I get my ter- jersey, Tom. Tom, I'm looking at you right now. If you see this, give me my jersey, Tom. Send my jersey. I'm going to put you right there. I'm going to put you right there, Tom. Send me my jersey before I have to go hunt you again, Tom. I don't want to hunt you. I don't want to look for you. I don't want to, you know, start running out of there. Run for you, Tom. Bring me my jersey. You can drop it off. You can DM me for my address. You can get it right now, Tom. Don't duck me no more, Tom. You owe me. I don't care how many times I hit you because my rookie year, you tried to embarrass me. You and Brock, your number one duo, the bad boys. So guess what, Tom? I was just looking for some vengeance, brother, and I need my jersey before I start looking for some more vengeance, brother. So hurry up. And then I think something that surprised me the most uh, in Sunday football was the Seahawks. I thought the Seahawks was going to come in, obviously added Jackson Smith and Jigba, uh, with re-signing Geno Smith will be way more dominant, you know? And uh, we played the Seahawks this year, so not me not give them no bulletin material. I just didn't think they came out to play. And uh, it, it looked a little dirty, a little chippy. Uh, I think as a in the football league, it's a brotherhood, okay? I don't think... No one should do anything dirty. We shouldn't be trying to hit each other, hurt each other. Um, so that extra stuff after the play, you know what I'm talking about. Let's cut that out, bro. Like at the end, it's a football game. If you're getting beat up, you're not. The game's not. That's not. That's not so and so's fault. Like, let's just keep it clean. Um, you know, but the Rams. I mean, the Rams with Matthew Stafford back in that quarterback, they, they look legit, and they did it without Cooper Cup. I and and a lot of young guys on their defense. I mean, they just beat a playoff team. Like, that is a huge win in the direction that the Rams were hoping to go. I think Sean McVay, you know, obviously being as great as he is of a coach, you know, he showed that he could bring any team around, and I think he's doing that. And I just think a funny moment in the game was when we saw Geno Smith yell, oh, my God, when he saw Aaron Donald come. And I mean, Aaron Donald's the best defensive player ever. Uh, on third down, Usher comes late at its third point. Like, if I saw Aaron Donald come screaming at me, I'll probably scream, oh my God, too. Like, he's just that good. I mean, we're talking about the Hall of Famer, the epitome of the best defensive tackle to ever play the game, maybe even the best defensive player, depending on how you want to argue it. I mean, this guy is legit. I mean, he's dominated for so long. Obviously, Gino has nightmares about Aaron Donald that he's screaming, oh my God, like he's coming out of his dreams and nightmares. And we are not in Philly. Oh, my God. So, Aaron Donald, great job. Gino, do not let Aaron Donald haunt you no more. You see him one more time this year. You must crush him. Gino, get your lick back. You have to. You have to. Um, Before we look ahead to week two, uh, my three most impressive teams in week one, uh, outside of the Cowboys, like I said, was the Rams. Knocking off a playoff team, um, and then I would say the Bucks. Uh, is, is Baker Mayfield making a comeback? Uh, holding off the the playoff number two team and the NFC, the Vikings. Like we can't overlook these things. And like Baker, Baker Mayfield 
he looked good. He looked good. He didn't look great. He looked good. I think he looked good enough to be a playoff team potentially. Potentially. So I think they were super impressive. Uh, and another team I would say that uh, impressed me is the Cleveland Browns. I don't think no one expected Cleveland to win. Everyone wrote Cleveland off because obviously Joe Burrow and the three-headed dragon, we talk about it. But like I said, with the talent they have, we cannot underestimate Cleveland. They are a legitimate team. We can't overlook them. I think those were the three most impressive teams uh, throughout week one. And, and I just think we can't even debate it. And uh, let's look ahead to week two. We're taking on Aaron Rodgers and the Jets. You know I've got to watch my film tonight. It's Monday Night Football, Bills versus Jets. And we get the advantage because we get an extra day of recovery. They don't. So guess what, guys? It's time to start hunting. It's time start, to start preparing for the GOAT. You would say in our generation, Aaron Rodgers would be number two behind Tom Brady as, you know, if not the best quarterback right behind him and obviously trying to surpass Tom, but that's almost impossible at this point in his career. But, man, oh, man, Aaron Rodgers, the GOAT. The GOAT. He's the GOAT, and we can't deny it. I'm super excited. Uh, who are you going to take? Bills tonight? Are we taking Jets? Who are we going to take tonight? I don't You know, this is a team that we're not sure who we want to take because the Jets added so much this offseason. I just don't know how it's going to gel. They're they a highly talented team, too. Obviously, a deep playoff team that everyone's hoping for. But Josh Allen is just so excited. And every time he's a season opener, he does something uh, just ridiculous. And we're just saying, oh, he's so amazing. So my hands is tied. I don't know who we have. Uh, ugh, I don't know how to edge it. I, it's like a 50-50 split because I love both these quarterbacks. I know what they're capable of. And they're just so good. They both have great receivers, uh, a great defense. Uh, it's going to be intense. Uh, and where I rank Rodgers all the time now, Rodgers will have to be easily – I think he's a top 10 quarterback all time, all time. Doesn't matter how you look about it. Uh, so it's going to be excited to go against him again. He's won it all against me, just like how Brady was. Hopefully I get that rematch, that vengeance, just like how I got against Tom uh, next week. So I'm super excited. Let's get it. Can't wait for y'all to be at the home opener, Jets, Cowboys. And I said it this year, and I said it already, this is a statement year. And, I, and I'm going to talk about why I said that, okay? Yes, I do talk a lot. Yes, I speak highly. I'm very opinionated. I talk my trash. I do my junk, but I like to back it up. And, uh, you know, when you're a competitor and you keep coming close, you keep edging the knot a little bit, you keep getting closer, we took a jump. We took a jump. And I just think everyone said, nah, the Cowboys can't do it. The Cowboys can't do it. Michael Parsons can't do it. Dak Prescott can't do it. We don't have enough. We can't do it. It's just like, okay, take it all in. And we're coming. We're coming. I'm not here no more. I'm not first-year Micah no more, second-year Micah. We're not first-year Cowboys no more, second-year Cowboys, third-year. Experience, vet group, we're coming. I'm looking in your eyes, we're coming. So y'all just buckle up, get ready. It's going to be a long journey. I'm going to see y'all on top of that mountain. And I'm going to take, we're going to take a lot of people into that death zone and see if they can breathe. Because not everybody can breathe the same altitude as you. And I'm going to let y'all know that right now. When people are meant to go some places that other people can't, they learn they can't breathe and they go back down that mountain. 
We're going to see if could breathe in that depth zone. Something to think about. So, man, tune in to next week of week two, Hot Tanks on the Edge. Your boy, Michael Parsons here. Thank you for tuning in. It's been great speaking with you, speaking the real. I hope everyone enjoyed it. I can't wait for next week. Thank you.